Welcome back to Case of the Sunday Scaries. I'm Elise. And I'm Annie. And today we're doing something a little bit different. We realized that we started this podcast got heavy, hot yeah. and heavy. <laughs> we went right into the cases and you all are just listening to our voices going, who the heck are these people? So we had listeners submit some questions. I will be honest, some of these I took off a game called We're Not Really Strangers. Oh, a little impromptu questions. Exactly. And so we have questions about this podcast. We have questions from listeners just about us in general. And there's some pretty juicy ones I did see. Um, But it's been a couple days. So these will feel new to me because with ADD, you know, I've already forgotten them. (laughs) But we just wanted to kind of introduce ourselves. So my thought is I've broken these up into two piles, right? We have questions about us in reference to the podcast. And then we have more lighthearted, personal, get-to-know-us questions. So let's start with the podcast questions because, you know, that's what you're listening to right now if you're not aware, a podcast. So I'm going to pull from here. Oh, gosh. I think you already know what this question is going to be because we get so many DMs about this. Annie, can you guess what this question is? How did we meet? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You tell your side and then I'm going to tell my side. Oh, boy. Well, I have selective memory, so mine might be... (laughs) (laughs) I might have some holes so you can fill them in, but I moved from Scottsdale to Denver and we have a mutual friend. Shout out Christine. We love Christine. And I was telling her that I really wanted to start a true crime podcast, but I felt like I needed a co-host because anyone sitting and listening to my voice ramble on about a case and not having someone to kind of deflect off of just, well, honestly, it sounds kind of boring (laughs) to me. So I knew I needed a co-host. I didn't know who it could be. I knew what I wanted to call this podcast, and someone who is sitting in this room, cough, cough, (laughs) already owned the Instagram handle. Funny enough, her and Christine are also really good friends, so when I told Christine about what I wanted to call the podcast and how annoyed I was that this girl who I was offering, well, I didn't even know if she was a girl, (laughs) but I was offering to like reach out and buy the domain of the Instagram handle, She goes, wait a minute, that's my friend Annie. And then we kind of went on a blind date. It was with Christine. It was so funny. It was like Elise, Christine, and myself. We all went to a restaurant. And after a couple of espresso martinis, I mean, truly history. Yeah, I remember I left that night. I called my parents and I was like, I found my co-host. I could tell you're really passionate about it. And now here we are, what, 40 episodes later. And I have to say to like props to you because not only was I this stranger that you got set up on a co-host blind date with, but also I had been on podcasts before, either guest hosting or doing interviews because of my time on The Bachelor. You had no experience. None. None. So for my side, I have to talk about the Instagram for a second. So I've always loved true crime, just like Elise. And I had this Instagram where I would basically link off to existing podcasting podcast episodes every Sunday. I would do like a short synopsis and say, go listen to this at this. And all my friends were like, you got to get into podcasting. But to Elise's point, I had never done it. I was so afraid of a new adventure. You know, it's always the excuse of like, it's not the right time. It's not the right time. So after like three espresso martinis, oh, baby, (laughs) it was the right time. And I remember I called my husband on the way home and I'm like, I think I'm going to do this with Elise. Because also to your point, we clicked right away. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like strangers. And he was super supportive. And then, you know, we were working through some kinks like, okay, how do we do a podcast? And like, what, <laughs> no what gear do we need? <laughs> um, it, You know, you can kind of hear the progression, I think, of how much better our audio's even gotten. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it is wild. And you did probably DM, but I wasn't really running the account like I should have been. Like I was checking it once every few weeks towards the end because always the excuse of I just don't have time to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I had like 13 followers. They're all my girlfriends (laughs) who also love true crime. But it's kind of wild how it took a turn to now this, our little like passion project. Yeah, I call it pretty serendipitous. I second that. All right, let's do one more podcast question and then we'll switch over to an easy peasy question. Oh, another question we always get asked. Why true crime? Well, if you listen to episode one, I think I've always been kind of curious about psychology and how people do some of the things that they do and just trying to make sense of literally everyone, including strangers on the street. I I love hearing people's stories. My fascination with true crime specifically and the why behind it um, was my sister's roommate and one of his good friends were unfortunately murdered in their home. And we talk about that on episode one. And I got to kind of secondhand watch how traumatic that is, not only for the victim's family, um, who I didn't know personally, but I knew my sister, obviously. And watching her go through that like legal process and the trial and just how greatly it affects not only the victims, like I said, the victim's family, but the community as a whole and your sense of safety and you know, rosy colored glasses when you look at the world is immediately stripped away from you. That started piquing my curiosity of trying to make sense of something that I couldn't make sense of because it's so far removed of how I handle my life. I'm not going to go out and intentionally hurt someone. And so I don't want to be in the brain of someone that would do that. It always just makes me curious, like how, how did we get here? So that's what kicked off my fascination with true crime. Yours is a lot more in depth than mine. I mean, horribly, there was a murder that happened in a town close to me. I was in seventh grade and it was around the time that I was allowed to start watching the nightly news. So the first thing that I was really exposed to was a murder of a girl who was very similar age to me. Um, I'm actually going to cover her case coming up. But I had my little yellow detective folder. My friends still talk about it because I would bring it to school and I had cutouts of everything. And I still think that the murderer looked like Jack Sparrow. Like, that's how young and innocent I was, where I connected him to Pirates of the Caribbean. But then also, in seventh grade, I checked out a book called When Dad Killed Mom. And the librarian went to my mom, who was a teacher, and said, Annie checked out this book. My parents were super concerned. My mom was like, you're not allowed to read that. You know, but I think just the nightly news, a case happening, and then going to the library and finding these books that I was interested in. Well, and I think there's something to be said, too, about, and I'm not talking about as me as an adult and my fascination with true crime, but to relate to, like, you as a kid. There's a reason why we love Nancy Drew and Sherlock Holmes. And I loved the board game Clue. Oh, It was always Miss Scarlet or Mr. Mustard or, you know, whatever. In the living room with the ratchet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was one of my favorite games growing up. And it's not because I'm trying to, like, idolize these terrible things that happen to people. But it is interesting to try to figure out who done it. I've always loved shows like Who Done It, you know, Murder Mystery, yeah, and Dateline. I think we both grew up to Dateline. I still listen. I to love Dateline. Dateline. They're making a comeback. Well, Keith Morrison, you're always at a stu- a student in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that man's voice. It is. He's yeah. He's Ooh. dreamy. He's also just. He's. I like older men. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, speaking of which, hand me the first personal question. All right, here we go. Okay. We'll, some of these I think are directed like I answered about you and vice versa. So we'll just do it back and forth. What do you think I am most qualified to give advice about? Well, I think a plug for our mini series, truly. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think your past domestic violence relationship and intimate partner abuse 
you're unfortunately qualified to talk about that. I think you open up really beautifully. You talk about things that are not easy to talk about, but I am always on our Instagrams DM and people are writing in like, I'm so happy Elise is talking about this. So I know that you connect with our listeners specifically over that. Well, this isn't going to be true crime related, but I'm going to, first of all, thank you for saying that. But little known fact about Miss Annie over here is she is like an animal whisperer (laughs) and fosters dogs and cats. I do. And you've been doing that for how long? Like two years. So if you're like me and you find yourself in a pickle and you have found a dog or a cat or a buffalo (laughs) or any roadside animal and decided to take it in. She is the person to call because you are constantly doing it. I don't know how you do it without crying every time you have to give them away, but you have a heart for animals. And so if I had an issue with Gracie, you'd probably be the first person I'd call. I love that. I'm honored. (laughs) Well, so are the animals to have you. What were your careers before the podcast? I love this question. I'm going to actually start this off if you don't mind. Yeah, kick it off. This has been truly something that we were just interested in. We had no idea... If anyone was going to listen besides our parents, we did not know if anyone was going to listen to this besides friends, close family. So this isn't something that we started out with the desire of like, oh, we're going to capitalize on this. It was something that we both approached from two different places. For me, I wanted to understand the why. Annie often talks about missing persons cases and bringing light to those. So I just want to say, while of course we do a ton of research and spend a lot of time doing this, and want to make this into our career someday, we still have normal jobs. We do. This is truly a passion project. So what do you do? I do marketing. Yes. And in what context? Because right now, everyone who hears that is thinking Instagram. Not Instagram. I work for business-to-business companies. So right now, I work for a benefits administration software, where we sell software, and I help market to other companies and say, you should buy us, and your employees should use us. It sounds boring, but it's actually really fun. I love my job and my company is so supportive of the podcast. It's amazing. Met with a um, partner today and they actually, she came on and she's like, oh, I've, I've gained some credit with my teenage daughters because I told them I was meeting with you and that you have a true crime podcast because I did a little thing on my LinkedIn about us. Um, so it kind of felt fun. It's funny who listens to the podcast that you wouldn't always expect, right? As we've continued to grow this, it's funny like when someone is like, oh, you have that podcast. Hopefully. That or, would be completely what we're known for yeah. at some point. When we had that listener and you're like, we have a listener in Denmark. And I had to get out. of. I'm like, where's Denmark? <laughs> I know it's like a cold place, but geography isn't my thing. But at least what is your career? Well, I had been a makeup artist and a makeup educator, meaning I taught people how to become makeup artists for ooh, 13 years, I think. Um, I started when I was 19, went to cosmetology school and um, didn't have a passion for hair, went the makeup route and made a career of that. And when that felt a little stagnant, I decided to start teaching. Then COVID happened. And as you can imagine, that industry took a huge hit. And I had a lot of alone time to sit with myself and say, what's next? So this has been a little bit of a a leap of faith again, not just in our partnership, but in pursuing this and crossing my fingers and hoping for the best because this is a departure, especially moving to a new city. It'd be a lot easier to fall back into what I'm comfortable with, but I'd rather do something that fills my soul, feels like it's of service to other people. Um, makeup filled that spot for a while, but let's be honest. Now I feel that spot. Yes. Let's be honest. Here you go. <laughs> let's do a personal question. 
What is your favorite quality about each other? Oh, I love compliments. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go first? Yeah. I would say off the top of my head is your patience. I don't think I could pick a better partner to do this with and take away just like your personality, which is fun and amazing. But you balance where I lack. So I've said it before. I'm not using this as like a, I have ADD, but I do. And it is pretty severe and it can be very frustrating at times for people that work with me because my creative brain goes a mile a minute. And as soon as I've put it out to the world, I've most likely forgotten what I said. (laughs) So you balance me in that way of keeping me on track of you do what you say you're going to do. And so then I want to show up and do the same thing for you in a timely manner, which if I was doing this myself, I probably would have quit after episode three. Same. And been like, this is too much. And like just schedules and things like that can tend to be hard if it's not right in front of me. If I'm not hyper focused on it, I can tend to either procrastinate or just let it slide. So my favorite thing is your patience with me as I kind of figure this all out. And your generosity of never making me feel less than when I'm like, I had this thought and can you write it down? And then we're going to talk based on this. I mean, we have podcast meetings and this poor girl just sits there and nods while I'm like, (laughs) and then I had this idea and then this idea and this idea. What do you think? And And I'm like, like, let's do it, baby. Okay. (laughs) It's always just been like, okay, yes. Instead of kind of like stifling that. So I think just as a teammate, my favorite thing about you is how we balance each other. We do. We are kind, we're the same, but we're also very opposite. Very. I think my favorite quality about you is your drive. Like you are so driven to make this podcast work. And poor Elise has learned how to do audio, visual. She's learned That's how to mount a TV. That's too much grace. I have, I have she tried to learn. <laughs> how to do an epoxy table for our studio. And she gets so excited to send me photos and updates. And it's always just so fun to see someone have so much passion for something. And then I'm like, I, it makes me want to work harder. It makes me want to be better because I got to stay up there with Elise. And like, <laughs> you're crushing it. You're crushing life. So I think that's just what I love about you. You cross the checklist and I'm the one that goes, I have an idea. And then I lick my pen and I'm like, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Next podcast related question. Ooh, this is a heavy one. Hmm. I wonder if we'll have the same answers to this. Um. What do you say to people that say you are making money off people's misery? I'll take it first. Sure. I think first, that's a valid question. Mm -hmm. Second, we were never meant to be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. There are kind of two people in this world, those who love true crime and those who hate it, and that's okay as well. We're not here to change anyone's minds, but I think the integrity behind why we started the podcast to talk about the victims. I mean, I love whenever people write us in and they say like, you really do a good job talking about the victims. We really do. And I'm never going to be humble about that because that's always been our focus. And I think also at the end of the day, we just know where our hearts are. I know it's a touchy subject to talk about, but it's just how we present it. And that's never going to change. Yeah, I think I understand people's concern, right? It can feel very exploitative of the family, of victim of people that loved them, of the community that remembers it well. So our kind of mission statement, I guess, uh, maybe not publicly, but to each other was very much fact-checking as much as we possibly could. If we couldn't find it in like two resources, we're not going to talk about it without giving a disclaimer. And while I do like to find the backstory and understand the why, I can have empathy for like maybe something that happened in their childhood, but I will never have empathy for just the horrible things that people do to each other. So we try as much as possible to keep it victim focused. I know another thing that's really important to you is to talk about missing persons cases. 
And while I have a very hard time covering that because I can't get my brain to shut off after doing that kind of research and I want to like go save the day and figure it out, I still think those cases are really important to cover because we're keeping those stories alive. Even with a platform that's, you know, we're not number one on the charts, but who cares? We're still talking about facts that maybe people aren't heard. If, you know, if this cold case is 20 years old, the likelihood of it being in the press still is pretty much slim to none unless it was a John Bonet level case. So I think any attention to it could be beneficial. You never know who's going to hear this. So I know for you that that's really important for me also making sure that it's victim focused, but also using this as a platform to talk about heavier subjects, have interviews with people. We might call each other armchair detectives, but we aren't professionals, right? And so when appropriate to have professionals on or victims on from the first episode, I think we made that clear having my sister on and talking about mental health. So using this as a platform to not only talk about true crime, but not in a way that is performative or just for your entertainment, but a way that gives resources that hopefully this would be my greatest prayer is that when we have interviews that someone resonates with them and maybe like seeks out help depending on what topic we're covering at the time. So I think I completely empathize with why people ask this question. It is valid if we're going to talk about money and I'm happy to do that. The reason that we are seeking ads is because we have bills to pay. Mm -hmm. And this takes up an extraordinary amount of time because we are so dedicated to the research aspect of it and trying to find out as much about these victims' lives so that their story is not just what happened to them, but we know as much as we can about them as a child or the impact they had on their community. And that takes a lot of time to dig through news clippings and court filings and interviews. And so, yes, just like with any job, You want to be compensated for your time. But with that said, we're not going to take away from why we started doing this and set aside those moral grounds that we set up when we decided to do this podcast in pursuit of money. I don't think either of us have that as our intention. No. And it's a line that I certainly, especially having something so, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, (laughs) but something so close and seeing the impact that these tragedies have on families and seeing that very, very much firsthand with my sister, um, that is a line that I can very comfortably say I will never cross. And if I do in any way, or if a family member reached out to me and needed to correct us on something, we would do so in a heartbeat. So that is a long-winded answer, but I think people deserve to know that answer. Absolutely. And we are hard on ourselves. I remember the first few episodes, I would send them over to Elise and go, can you just proofread this? Because my thought was always, if this person's family does hear it, I want them to go, at least it was done really correctly and really respectfully. And I still take that whenever I do these episodes. Mm -hmm. And I know you do the same. Yeah, we do. So we kind of script out things because especially with my brain, I'm not going to remember every date, every number, every age of, you know, a person that's involved. I have to kind of write these things out. And I know both of us will go back through and we'll touch base with each other of how much do we share to, to tell how tragic this was. And how much do we hold back because we want it to not be a shock and awe? We don't have any intention of talking about gory. If we're going to go to details about what happened to a person, it is with purpose and a lot of intention and a lot of thought and usually both of us talking. I can talk about the Sylvia Likens case. We went back and forth. I called my parents on that one. I called friends on that one. It was like, 
I need to share how terrible this was because laws were changed because of this and I wanted to share that side of it, but also holding back some of the stuff that I just didn't think was necessary or if it was repetitive. I'm not going to talk about every time that specific type of salt was you know, done to this poor girl. So I think as best as we can, and we will falter when it comes to this, we just will because we're human, we are trying to keep this as victim forward facing as possible and talk about the perpetrators backgrounds of course to understand how these things could possibly happen nurture versus nature all of those things but not to glorify what they did whatsoever yeah i could not have said it better myself truly let's get to a lighthearted question personal question (laughs) what are your love languages oh actually i'm gonna change this i want to guess yours because i don't know if i know yours okay guess mine i think you'll be surprised not just in romantic relationship just in general Mm -hmm. okay I would say, trying to think of things you do for me. She brings me coffee almost every time. (laughs) So I'm going to say acts of service is up there. You're right. I'm going to go quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation. Oh, wait, no. Well, we don't have physical touch. But that is like one of my top ones is physical touch. It is acts of service and it is quality time. Those are all things that I need. In what order? I think physical touch might be my first. Really? I love giving hugs, you know, that kind of thing. But I think also the second biggest one is quality time. I just want to hang out with someone. Right. Where does gifts fall in it? Oh, last. Well, I shouldn't tell you this because you're about to get. Oh, well, you made it easy on me. Okay. I think your number number one is probably words of affirmation. (laughs) I think that like, yeah, you like being told like, I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. That kind of thing. I don't know. I think physical touch is pretty low on your list. Really? Is it high? Are okay, we twinning? Someone else just told me that I read like this. I'm shocked by that. I would consider myself a very much like pet my head and tell me I'm pretty. Oh. I want compliments and I want you to just like, especially in romantic relationships, like love on me. That is so funny that I don't give that off because that I would say is number two. Easily. Wow. That that is okay, what's number three? Gifts is at the very bottom. Quality time, I was kind of taught like the the importance of quality time, but I don't need quantity of time because I very much, um, especially having positions in my career where I'm constantly having to be social, I value my alone time almost as much you as I You do love of, your alone time. Yeah. You do. You're very independent too. Well, at least that's my perception, yeah. which is a compliment because <laughs> yes, I love an independent queen. Thank you. It's uh, sometimes independence based on necessity. Because I don't know who else is going to hang these things so <laughs> around true. my house. Um, but I think a lot of it has to do with just having social careers where I very much, I hate to borrow this from Marilyn, RIP, but she made a quote of like, I restore myself when I'm alone. And I very much understand that on a personal level what I need to especially calm the quiet in my brain. And it's hard for me to do that around another person. So I very much like alone time. So that's my love language to myself is alone time. But for the rest of the world, I would say for sure words of affirmation, physical touch, acts of service, then quality time, and then gifts. I, I We're like the ideal women. We don't need gifts. I like giving gifts, but receiving gifts makes me uncomfortable. Same. That was a long-winded answer. <laughs> Ooh. How do you not have nightmares or get like substantially upset when covering cases? So I do get upset. I have been known to cry at my research lab, which is my little loft in my house. But I don't know. I mean, I watch something fun like The Office before I go to bed. And I can just really separate my, you know, my podcast life from my day-to-day stuff. I don't know how I do it. 
I just must be a superhero. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you're it's about good, to become a mom, so yeah. you are a superhero. Yeah, it's a good question, though, because I can see how this can be triggering, and it is, but I can just really disassociate from it. I don't know if I'm as good at disassociating. There's certain cases that really get me fired up. We have those moments, too, where we get to talk about survivor stories or, like, you know, justice being served. So that helps balance it. But I would say I have a, not a morbid fascination, but just an overall curiosity about the world. That's something I actually like about myself. I love learning. And so I feel like sometimes my way of disassociating is when I'm doing these cases, especially, you know, the Sylvia Likens case, You, I told you it really bothered us. We both cried during that episode. Um, I don't think it's wrong to have emotion and empathy for what these people went through to the capacity that we can, because we obviously it's not our experience. But at the same time, I find ways to keep my curiosity and my like analytical brain interested. So that's why I normally will go on like some history tangent in the middle of an episode, because it gives me a break from like the emotional side of these cases, if that makes sense. It does. Or you also love looking into like the law piece. I feel like you're going to go all L Woods on me and become a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) I think after the next case that I'm covering, I might you're pretty qualified. I might I be able like. to. So I have these moments of just being able to like research something a little bit less aggressive, if you will. And that's how I can separate it. But I won't say that like some cases don't haunt. Covering this series, this mini series about inner partner abuse has been a lot. Won't say that it's caused nightmares, but uh, Annie's been in studio with me and it has a very physical and emotional toll. Like her hands start shaking and her lips quiver and I notice it and I'm sitting across the table like, are are we good? Because I can tell it's heavy. It's a heavy topic. Yeah. Sometimes it it sucks the life out of me, but then, you know, you watch Finding Nemo or something. Yeah. And then it's next week and we got to find another case. All right. Personal question. What is a dream you haven't accomplished yet? I would love, I don't know if I've ever said this out loud to like a public audience, I would love to write a book. That is your calling. I'm always telling you, you need to write a book. I would like to write a novel. I can totally see you doing that. I would definitely be buyer number one. I would buy like 10 copies. (laughs) Thank you. I'll even sign it for you. What about you? I'm like trying to think, what is a dream you haven't accomplished yet? One is attached to your body right now. I was going to say, I mean, I've always dreamed about being a mom, but this is like hard for me. Really? Yeah. I'm like living my dream. I know it sounds so horribly cheesy and people are cringing through the phone, but I've always been someone, if I want it, I just do it. Like you're going to write a book one day at least. I know you're going to. And yeah, I think just moving to Denver was probably like my biggest accomplishment. Right. Did that on a whim. Moved out here. Met my dream man. Having a baby together. She does have have the best He's the best. So yeah, as cheesy and cringy as it sounds, I just don't really have one off the top of my head. I am excited to be a mom though. She gave me a kick on that one. She's like, seriously? <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> I'm right here. I can hear you. You're going to be an incredible mom. I'm Thank really you. excited for you. Oh, going off the topic of goals, podcast goals for 2023. We've talked about this, but what's one for you just personally? Expanding our audience mm-hmm. is one that I really have. Um, and I think just continuing to get better at speaking is one for me. <laughs> I, I <laughs> what struggle. Do you mean? I, I Sometimes I stutter. I talk really fast. I think just becoming a better speaker and relaying the stories I have more eloquently. I think you do a beautiful job at that. You have your Annieisms and I, do. I have my Eliseisms. Like my, what I mean by Annieisms is like don't don't fix how you talk so much because I love that instead of saying like, "Oh yeah, I agree." You just go, "Agree." <laughs> Facts. 
agree. It's never <laughs> I agree or yeah, I agree with that statement. She just goes, agree. And then moves on to the next topic. <laughs> I do do that. That's my favorite thing when I'm editing this. I'm like, oh, it's Annie. So don't get too polished, please. My goals for this podcast, obviously, grow as much as possible. My idea of freedom is to be able to work from anywhere that I, like with this, that I have access to the internet, to research, and to a microphone. So I guess that is my dream, is that by this time next year, we're one step maybe 10 steps closer to having that freedom of time to me is more important than the freedom of finances. That would be a luxury. Right? Time is so short. And you know what? I'm For those that don't know this, I'm from Alaska. My parents are still up there. Time is really short up there. You have like three hours of sunlight, just, don't you? <laughs> I, I want to be able to go see my family and stay for an extended period of time. So the thought of being able to go home for like a month in the summer and spend that time with my nieces and my nephews would mean a lot to me. Oh, who is your celebrity crush? Annie, go ahead and answer that one. I love Kevin Costner. Oh, like Yellowstone Kevin oh, yeah. Costner or like bodyguard Kevin Costner? Like Yellowstone. Give me give me a man in a Carhartt who has a troubled past, who owns a ranch. I almost bought Derek a Carhartt for Christmas. And I'm like, that is not your style, but would you wear it? And he said, absolutely. That's why you have a good husband. I know. He is willing to pretend that he is a ranch hand on the Yellowstone Just for, for you. Kevin Costner's hot, though. He's so, he's fine. I loved him in The Bodyguard. Uh, my celebrity crush. The first celebrity crush that I can remember just falling in love with was Robert Redford in The Way We Were with Barbara Streisand, which is a very odd choice for like a 10-year-old girl. Is. I just thought he was so dreamy. I like strong noses. That's one thing I'm very attracted oh. to. And I remember he just looked, he looked old Hollywood. I loved it. Um, these days, well, I'll keep that one a secret. Yeah, keep it a secret because <laughs> I already know. I'm blushing. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, your turn. Ooh, this is a deep one. Do you think the image you have of yourself matches the image people see you as? I'm really hard on myself. Hmm. I don't know. I think sometimes people think I'm like very extroverted and low key, I'm an introvert. Like things like that, whenever. You know, I'll put on a good face, a good smile. I'll always seem like nothing's bothering me, but sometimes it is. And you said that like so meek about That was like a really deep question. Bothered. Yeah, you're human. <laughs> yeah. What about you? The only way I can really answer this, I have to think of like social media, right? Like a highlight reel of yourself. I can say I try to, you know, not have this like idea of like this picture perfect life because I, I absolutely do not have that. I'm still figuring out for Christ's sakes, I gave up my career at 30 plus years old to be like oh let's try a podcast but I do keep a lot of things to myself and I would say I hide certain aspects of myself so I think like an 80 20 actually it's none of our business how the rest of the world perceives that is us so true unless we're doing something that hurts others then it's our business otherwise it's not my problem Mm-mm. there we go that's our final answer air high five Mic drop do you think i'm usually early on time or late to events explain well you're just way nicer than i am <laughs> and i feel like you would feel bad if you weren't on time 100 percent. so i think that you would worst case scenario beyond like normal case scenario you would be 15 minutes early i feel like you would almost be the person that sits in the parking lot and i waits absolutely till, like, am i was going to say i am always 30 minutes early but i'm in my car until like a nice five minute buffer and then i walk in five minutes early i cannot relate i hate being late to things but i don't care if I people do are late to, to my stuff like it doesn't bother me at all and usually right. you get you're early to everything you want everyone else to be early i'm like i'm gonna be early but you can be late unfazed 
I hate being late. Absolutely hate it. Does that mean that I usually am not late? Really? I feel like you're so punctual. No. I mean, I'm always coming to you. But whenever I come here, like, we're ready to go. Well, you know what? That's called life hack. <laughs> <laughs> Get a house and then have a podcast studio in the backyard and boom. You just have to come to me and I'm always on time because I live here. Um, no, that is one of the difficulties of the way my brain is wired is I have no real concept of time or how long something will take. So I could look at the messiest room that someone with a quote unquote normal brain would look at and be like, oh, this is going to take two days for me to like go through everything, clean up. I'm like, give me three hours. I got it. It'll be sparkling. Um, and it works on the opposite as well. So I have a tendency to start a task, think it's going to take a certain amount of time and then hyper fixate on it. And then I'm late for the next thing. So I do in my adult life, try my best to set reminders and things like that that will interrupt me and my focus so that I can show up and because I realize obviously it means a lot to people when you show up on time. Yeah. But I still, I'm, I'm a solid five minutes late for most things. What title would you give this chapter in your life? The fun years. Oh, I love that. I have heard 30s are like the best years of a woman's life. You know who you are. You know who your friends are. You're over trying to please everyone. Like, I am so looking forward to my 30s. Like, you have no idea. Fair. What would you call this chapter for your life? Audacity. Oh, I love it. Like, I think because I'm 35 and I'm single and maybe not where I, even I thought I was on the like, check this box, check this box, um, but letting go of that and just being like, it's really not that important that I hit all these timelines because had I, I would probably be really miserable with the people I was choosing to have in my life if we're talking about relationships. But I think the audacity to try new things, to shut out my own brain, right, and what society tells me is the norm at certain ages, and just try things that delight me. I love that so much. I don't know if we should guess this about each other. It might be funny. Okay, let's do that. Let's do it. As a child, what do you think I wanted to be when I was an adult? I picture a vet. That's the first thing that comes to my head. No, have you seen them squeeze anal glands? <laughs> Absolutely not. I didn't even know that was a thing until like a year ago. Blech. Nope. I but I know how much you love animals. Um, I also think a makeup artist. You're very creative, mi creatively minded. I feel like you wanted. I was basic. I'll tell you that much. Oh God, you want to be a dolphin trainer? <laughs> that was my sister. No, she oh. <laughs> no, she wanted to be a dolphin. Actually. Oh well, I'm not joking. No, dream big. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm a teacher. Yep. I come from two teachers. It makes sense. That's very fair. But what did you want to be? Oh, it would change all the time. Shocker. You're a dreamer. I think that my number one was I wanted to be a weather girl for a while. Oh, I'd have like an umbrella. If you haven't watched the movie Up Close and Personal, that's my homework for you. And you'll understand why I wanted to be a weather girl. I thought I was going to meet the love of my life while I held an umbrella and, and talked about the storm coming <laughs> That's so romantic. If you could have any wild animal as a pet, what would it be and why? I'm team big cat. Really? Yeah, like a leopard or something. Would you wear like the, the Tiger King outfits? Roll up to your house and you're in like leopard print spandex. My heart would be so happy. <laughs> I think I'm team big cat. Yeah. I would have a penguin. Aw. And Gracie would love that little penguin. She might try to eat it. She'd probably try to hurt it. Yeah. For those that don't know, I have a dog named Gracie that is a cattle dog, and she likes to herd the cat around. Anytime the cat goes outside, she just starts running at top speed, circles around the cat to like get her to go back inside. 
So maybe he would like herd the little penguin, but penguins don't move very fast. So no, I don't know. Don't. I'd have to put a kibosh on that. But they're I so would, cute. They're so cute. They're always in formal wear. Always. Always. They little might tuxedos. give me a little pebble as a gift. That is the cutest thing ever. Yeah. What is well, it? I'd, I'd have they... to have two penguins so they could be in love. Oh, whenever they fall in love, they gift a pebble. Is that what it is? Yeah. I think I've heard that somewhere. Watch March of the Penguins. That's the real love story, y'all. A <laughs> <laughs> couple more questions. Wow, we've been talking for an hour. It feels like we have not been talking that Well, we long. don't ever get to do episodes where we don't have to do research first. Do either of you have a one that got away? I'll go first. I have a foster kitten named Sunday. I know this has to do with men, but I am not kidding you. We fostered a little kitten last summer, and Avery was obsessed with this kitten. Me and Derek loved this kitten. We took her to go get fixed, and then the goal after you have a foster puppy and they get fixed, you still bring that foster puppy home. No. With cats, apparently, they take them to PetSmart right away. So Why? Because to they're live vi- in those little boxes? Because they're so adoptable. The puppies are a little bit more like you have to find the right home. Yeah. So I called. I named her Sunday after this podcast. I got her a little tag with a little skull. I'm not joking. And I call. I'm like, hey, I'm going to come pick up the cat. And they're like, oh, they felt bad because they're like, you weren't told. But like, you don't come pick up a cat after they get fixed if it's a foster. Catnapped from. I had so many toys for her. I had hammocks. I had the best food. I was going to give it to the new family. No, I've never seen her since. I tried to get her back. She was the one that got away. She was my little bestie. She was so cute. Avery walked around the house for like a week after looking for her because she was her little protector. Yeah, she's the one that got away. No hesitation on that one. As I, I wipe a tear. I didn't anticipate that direction, but that's really, really sad. So you brought her to the vet to get Yeah, to back to the shelter, which is an amazing shelter. I love right. working with them. Dropped her off and then you pick her up around... Eight hours later. And nothing. No Sunday. No Sunday. I cried for like days. Even Derek was upset about it. Like I said, Avery was distraught because we were planning on, okay, maybe we'll just adopt her. She was part of a family. She would hide like in our bookshelves. Oh. She loved me. She would ride around on my shoulder. She was this cute little cat. If you're in the Denver area. And you have Sunday. She did respond to her name. I know maybe she didn't really know. Maybe she just liked my voice. But Okay. Denver listeners, look hard into your cat's eyes. <laughs> And in a calm voice, say, come here someday. And if they come, please bring it back to Annie. <laughs> I will pay you $10,000 for this little kitten. This is how much I miss her. Are you being serious? I'll, I'll no, go find I'm that not. cat right now. <laughs> End the podcast. You bring me a lookalike and I believe you. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your one that got away? Don't think you're getting out of this question, little missy. I dated some nice people. I've dated some really not nice people but i don't think i have a one that got away that just means you haven't met the right person yet and that's very hopeful Well, no i just would not let him get away oh there we go (laughs) i don't know i just that if you break up you break up for a reason so there's no one that i've ever like truly pined after from afar i'm pretty blunt like if i like you and i think you're cute and i want to kiss your face i tell you oh favorite podcast to listen to have you ever heard of case of the sunday scaries was gonna say the same thing it's so (laughs) good Um, okay, but besides ours, mm-hmm. which is clearly the best favorite I th- podcast. I think Dateline. I've all, I've listened Love to Dateline for so many years and they just do such a good job. I love how in the past couple of years they started incorporating more like sound effects, like a siren here and like a telephone ring. Do you here. like that? I do. Oh, I hate it. Really? I hate it because it reminds me of 
type of documentaries I cannot watch is ones that have reenactments. Oh, those are my favorite. Oh, absolutely not. The acting is always like piss poor. I love it. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I, I just, eat that shit for breakfast. Give me the facts. Do some interviews. Tell me the story. I can handle a sound effect or two. But just like get to the point. What's your favorite podcast? Um, love me some Bailey Sarin. That was, you know, a huge shout out to her. She's a makeup artist who does murder mystery and makeup. She now also has a podcast called Dark History, where she talks about stuff we you don't learn about in school and how crazy and corrupt the world is. I love her personality. So I love that one. I love Jay uh, Setti's podcast on purpose because I like me some self-help and he's an impeccable interviewer. I listen to a lot. And now what are we doing? Last question? This is the funny question. What's your favorite fast food order? I have no hesitations when I say a double quarter pound of meal from McDonald's with a Coke. I'm a big Mickey D's oh, fan. regular Coke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, McDonald's Coke. McDonald's Coke is like superior. No, it is far superior. But I still have to do Diet Coke. I don't like this. Like it. I don't know. I don't Diet like the Coke taste. to me tastes like it has ladybugs in it. I know it's very specific, but it does. I ate a ladybug. I actually did. <laughs> I could not make this up. I had a ladybug fall into a Pepsi can. I can never drink Pepsi as a kid. And I was like out of the pool sipping on it. And I was just like, it tastes really weird. And now I, I can never drink Pepsi. But I feel like Dr. or Diet Coke tastes like that as well. What does a ladybug taste like? Like dusty, you know, crusty? Whenever, no, you know whenever you rub a ladybug or like it gets on you and it leaves that weird orange gunk behind and you smell it? I thought it. that that's what, it, I thought they were pooping on you. Maybe that's what I've been, <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> oh, this is going Either down way, down. that has a very distinctive smell. Do you do onions on your burger? I do. And that's your favorite. McDonald's is your favorite. It's my favorite. I will say they have great Diet Coke, and they also have partial to their ice cream cones. They also have really good sauces. Like, their barbecue and buffalo sauce is good. <laughs> Number one ingredient, canola oil. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, corn corn, corn syrup. Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. What's sugar, yours? sugar, more syrup. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of it. Well, since moving to Denver, I like Good Times Chicken Sandwich. I live by a Good Times. I've never had it, though. I haven't tried everything. Their their sides are, ugh, but, but their chicken sandwich. Yeah, it's pretty. Mm. It's like a you know, it's not a Chick Fil A level quality of meat, but I just I like the taste of it. It's good crunch. If I were to go to any of them, I think I'm going to Wendy's, and not just because there's a redhead. They I have do great love fries, and I like their spicy nuggets. I'm nugget gal. I'm nugget gal. <laughs> Here's what pisses me off about Wendy's. Okay, let's hear it. They have great burgers. They taste like an actual burger. They're fresh, never frozen. What hell did they take this nice burger that they have put together? The square, fine, that's weird. Do your thing, it sets you apart. And they put sweet pickles. Oh my gosh, they do. I don't like raw onions, that's fine. I can take those off of any burger joint I go to. But I love a pickle. You, know, I want the little vinegar, I want the crunch. But a sweet pickle? It'll, ru- it'll ruin your whole day. It's so stupid. Yeah, it is stupid. Let's end on one crime-esque question. Okay. We talked about this now we first met. I think I asked you it over dinner. What is your serial killer trait? Mine has changed. My old one, which I still do, but I found one that's actually odder, is like whenever I have a toothpaste, I let it get really hard and make like a mountain of toothpaste. It's like kind of pleasing to peel it off. Whenever it gets it's like It's like real- a scab. Yeah. I can see scabby it that toothpaste. way. Scabby toothpaste. <laughs> 
This might actually be a serial killer trait, and I, and I actually mean that. I was doing research for a case that's coming up, and they were talking about forensic analysis of handwriting, and there are certain things that can sometimes, obviously it's not like a perfect science, but can correspond with different personality types, have different handwriting styles. I have never used capital letters unless, you know, I'm writing an essay or something in high school. But in just informal writing, I will switch between lowercase and capital at a complete whim. But I do it because I think it's pretty. I never capitalize my name ever because it's easier in cursive to write it with, you know. Yeah, I've it. never seen a capital E coming out of That's your handwriting. There's so many loop-de-loops. Otherwise, it's just. It's smooth. It's smooth. So I do it based on like how it looks. That's a artistically. good Artistically. That's a good one. That's a really good question. If you're ever on like an icebreaker or someone's like, bring a question to this company meeting. I have absolutely said this in a company call. Like, what's your serial killer trait? It really gets a conversation going. Of like bizarre things people do. And people do. just want, they talk and it like really does break the ice. So highly recommend that one. That was fun. That was fun. I learned a lot about you. As always, we are back every Sunday. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to get to know us. We hope that as this community grows, we get the opportunity to know you all as well. So with that said, what do you want to do this time? Until, Until then. then. <laughs>